Bam 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 everybody. Welcome to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I'm Le- <laughs> what? <laughs> no. The enthusiasm with which Lisa just read that intro is just everything. Uh, listen, I want I, I want to be enthusiastic. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, I'm Lisa Linky and I am with Misty Stinnett. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> and she just had a snack. <laughs> Yeah, we're listen, we're pretty high off of sugar fina candy over yeah, here. I know. I brought some champagne bears. Oh my God, they're so good. They're delish. They're so good. Um, and we are joined, as always, with our delightful producer, Matt Sav. Matt Sav. Um, and so this podcast is uh, we're going to talk about a book, a popular self help book each episode, and then talk about how we feel about it, our takeaways, who it's great for, kind of an overview and review. Um, we're reading the book so that you don't have to, or if you're intrigued by it enough that we both burped if you're you're intrigued by it enough that you'll go out and and learn more because we can't cover everything in each episode yeah but we're gonna try to cover the relevant stuff but it's just a review yeah casual everybody's busy ain't nobody got time for all these you guys are busy we're busy but we're making time for this because we like spending time with each other that's right Yes. Um, Misty, um, how uh, how was your week this week? It was a crazy week. I had a lot, honestly, I had a lot of professional ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I found out I didn't, it was something that I wanted to move forward, wasn't moving forward, and then something that I wasn't sure was going to move forward is definitely moving forward, and mm-hmm. it was just like... Interesting. I was just, you know, I had a raw kind of yeah. interesting week. How about you? Same. Um, I had a lot of um, naked aggression and rage <laughs> and nowhere to really put it, uh, so that was fun, um, and and I spent some time on social media putting it there, which, as you know, is always beneficial well, and fruitful. I, ha- I have to say, Lisa has one of the funniest Instagram accounts that is on my feed. It's mm. hilarious. She's at It's Linky. That's I-T-S-L-I-N-K-E on Instagram. And she does a lot of live videos. Her stories are always on point. She's got two incredible dogs that there are always really funny pictures and videos of. Um, so you should definitely follow her because you, Lisa, are the delight of my Instagram feed. Thank you. That's true. Thank you so much. We should repay re- the favor. What is your social media handle? Oh, God, you guys, I never post. It's at Misty Rose, M-I-S-T-Y-R-O-S-E on Instagram. I don't tweet. I don't like to check Facebook. And I think I average a picture on Instagram once every two and a half months. I can verify that that is true. <laughs> um, but when you do have something to share, it is delightful. Oh, thank you. I'm just like a silent lurker in the background of Instagram. You <laughs> know fine. what I mean? That's just what it's watching for. your feed. That is what it's for. Thanks, well, Misty, um, on the other side of this week, we have the book that I have brought today. Yes. Which is... Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. And so full disclosure, Mm -hmm. I read this book a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. but I have a terrible memory. So Mm -hmm. I remember like one or two things from the book. So it's basically going to be fresh. I love it. (laughs) For me. So Lisa, tell me, talk about um, maybe a little bit about Elizabeth and what does the cover look like? Yes. I also think, full disclosure, I had a friend give me this book about two years ago when it came out. Oh, amazing. And it's been sitting, waiting for me to read it. And so this podcast was the perfect, perfect time for me to read it. Thank God, because I really need more things that force me to sit down and read. Oh, yeah. I I loved it. I loved that I was like, 
this was part of my job this week was to read. It was okay, delightful. Good. So this is a beautiful book, as you can see. I have a hardcover copy because that's mm-hmm. I got it when it first came out. From yes. my, I think my friend Deanna gave it to me. So it's Deanna, really- I'm outing myself that I did not read your book until now. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. It kind of looks like the um, uh, a holy festival, you know, the Festival of Color. The Hindu Festival of Color, where I, everybody throws, you don't know? I was thinking it looks like the Color Run 5K. Uh, <laughs> yes, which often take place <laughs> in the Holy not... Festival. Oh, does it? They oh, do. really? So it's like all pink and yellow and blue. And if you take off the cover, because you don't want that, it's just this like hot oh my pink God. with a red it's like, spine. It's like a corally, like kind of Pepto-Bismol pink. It's yes. so pretty. Yeah. So if you don't want people knowing that you're reading big magic, creative living beyond fear, <laughs> then you're just carrying around like a Pepto-Bismol pink and red No, but it, it really is a really beautiful gift. I actually have not seen the hardcover version until today. And I would like, it really is going to look good on a shelf. Yeah. If that's your thing. Yeah. Um. So Elizabeth Gilbert, in case you have lived under a rock, is the mm-hmm. woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. It's like mm-hmm. her fourth novel. And was not intended to be a novel. It was it, it was not fiction. Um, it was just kind of a, a recounting of her year spent um, traveling abroad to heal from a broken marriage, and it wow. ended up being like this huge New York Times seller. And where because she went to Italy to eat, she went to an ashram in India to pray, and then she went to Bali, um, and there she found love and kind right. of changed her life. So hence eat. Right, love. Um, and so what the back jacket says about her is that she is the number one New York Times bestselling author of Eat, Pray, Love and several other international internationally bestselling books. <laughs> she has been a finalist for the National Book Award. Ooh. Oh, don't know what that means, but it sounds fancy. The National Book Critics' Choice Award. Also fancy. And the Penn slash Hemingway Award. Oh, oh, I do know the the name Hemingway. That is very fancy. Okay, there you go. Yes. Her latest novel, The Signature of All Things, was named a best book of 2013 by the New York Times. Times, O, the Oprah Magazine, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, and the New Yorker. Mm. Um, so that's a little bit about Elizabeth Gilbert. She's also just kind of a funny person and funny to read when she you feel like she's talking directly to you. Totally. And so when I read this book, it was the audiobook. And mm. I just remember being like, wow, she has such a soothing, beautiful voice. She does. Yeah, because sometimes when the books are read by the author, I'm like, oh, Christ, like, here we go. Yeah. This person's gonna, you know, it's gonna yeah. be a whole thing. But she really has, like, this amazing speaking voice. No, she does. And um, I, I like this book. I, I'll say overall, and just to reiterate, Misty loves self-help books. I do. I want, I I go into them with an open mind, hoping I'll find answers and wisdom and like perspective nuggets to just help me reframe things and feel better about life. And I really go into them with an open mind. But that is not true for you. No, no. I have a healthy distaste, nay, hatred for (laughs) for authority. And so I hate the very concept of a self-help book Uh because it's somebody telling me what I should do with my life. Yeah, and what you're doing wrong already. And so I just want to tell them to eat it. Right, right. And it's like um, getting in a fight with a stranger before you've said two words. I'm like, you don't know me. You yeah. don't know me. You don't know anything about me. How dare you tell me what worked for you work will work for me? I get really uppity about how it. How dare you make me open this book and start reading? <laughs> how dare you want to help me live a more fulfilling and happy life? How dare you? So uh, I typically hate self-help books. Mm-hmm. So this podcast is the perfect blend for the two of us because I think we'll average out somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I, I think I don't want to be too gullible and I don't want, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want to go into no, things I don't think you are at with all. healthy debate about it. So um, I don't mean to, I, oh, did I make you feel? 
feel that no, way? No, 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 no. Okay, this is good. me saying okay. like, like because it's so easy in a vacuum to be like, it does sound like mm-hmm. if I align my heart chakra over mm-hmm. my butt chakra mm-hmm. that so I that's will. Not a chakra. It feels like a chakra uh-huh. that I will suddenly know what career I, I will want. see the face of God yeah I get it yeah totally so I'm curious so this is so it's a super colorful cover yes. it looks like it's it's all of this like beautiful colorful yes. powder bursting in this fabulous magical way what did you think this book was about that is a great question um <laughs> I didn't know what this book was about the subtitle is creative living beyond fear mm-hmm. and so I thought it would be a lot of woo-woo mm-hmm. about like, here's how you live creatively. Now, to be fair, I did see her TED Talk on on, on Muse, on having a muse. Which oh, I, think I haven't a lot seen of people, it. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. So I kind of Great. thought I would like something about it. It's more about process, which really spoke to me. I bet. Yeah. I bet it did. I have did. a very strategic, like, organized brain to get into your creative side and the flow yes yeah and so um i think this is a great book for anyone you can give this book and not worry that people are going to be like you don't know me because that's a (laughs) drunk scottish or as or as lisa said before we started recording you shall not (laughs) podcast you can totally get this for anybody and it'll be perfect so if there's a person who wants to start a hobby, but for whatever reason feel like they can't, or there's somebody who's in the middle of their um, artistic endeavor and Great. they, they want to finish. Um, so pers- it's like, it's an approachable book. Oh my God. 100%. It's Great. totally, um, or maybe somebody who's thinking about quitting a creative endeavor. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It might be, uh, or somebody who seems stuck or somebody who's doing fine or has nothing to do with creativity, period. Great. I think that it's just a nice way to kind of embrace that part of the human experience, um, like we talked about in our last episode with the subtle yeah. art of not giving up. But, right, which is not for everyone. I no. think for the audience that is into that directness and the swearing and the sort of shock value, they're really going to love it. And I think you really loved it. I sure did. Um, and and surprisingly agreed with a lot of the things I in did. the book. But that's not for everyone. So this feels like this is more like you could give this to your like your mom totally. or your sister your or your, your co-worker totally. or whatever. Totally. Right. It feels like a book that you know, nobody would be upset by getting. No one's going to be like, Lisa, are you in a cult? Like, what's going on? Okay? <laughs> or they're okay, not going to say, what do you think's wrong with me that I need this book after they read it? Great. Oh, it's, perfect. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sense Lovely. in that regard. Um, it looks cool, like we said. Um, it has little mini chapters, which I like. So some of them are like within the main sections of the book. There are six. Um, there are mini chapters. So some are a page. Some are like three pages. Some are five pages. And I Love that. I love that so much right? because anytime I'm reading, I'm a completionist, so I can't stop in the yes! middle of a chapter. Oh my God, yes. And I'm always like, oh God, there's going to be so much more in this chapter. And then I turn the page and there's like a quarter of a paragraph and it's over. I always feel like it's a gift. It's doable. The universe is lining yeah. up for the world to be mine. Yeah. Or I can make a choice like, do I put it down now and go to bed or do I keep going? Yeah. Mini chapter. It. Oh, I love that. I love I Great. love mini chapters. Little bonus. Little bonus. Um, okay, so here's kind of the overall premise. I, I feel like she sets out to discuss this basic premise. The relation uh, creativity is the relationship between a human being and the mysteries of inspiration and how to manage that relationship for fulfilling life. So that's a little woo-woo. It sounds woo-woo. It's a little woo-woo. There yeah. are, it starts a little woo-woo and ends very process-oriented. 
Interesting. So there are six main chapters. The book is 273 pages if you're in the hard book area like me. Um, The six chapters are courage, enchantment, permission, persistence, trust, and divinity. And so they're kind of taking you through this process. I'm piqued. My interest is peaked okay. because enchantment like immediately I'm like ooh like fairies and mermaids yes. and like what are we going to meet in the forest yes exactly there yeah. is a group forest meeting yeah, of yeah. fairies and mermaids tonight at 10 so. I thought so um, okay so courage is the first one and so I just have this um this quote from her in the book which it kind of explains why she titled it so it says the universe buries strange jewels deep within us all and then stands back to see if we can find them the hunt to uncover those jewels that's creative living The courage to go on the hunt in the first place, that's what separates a mundane existence from a more enchanted one. And the often surprising results of that hunt, that's what I call big magic. Holy shit. That is so beautiful. And at first I was like, the thought of someone literally like... Uh, someone or some jewel. entity like being like hey, hey let's see if they find it it's kind of like like a drunk parent on easter being like <laughs> i don't remember where i put the eggs but it'll be great to see what they turn up i you know? love that your universe is a drunk parent on easter uh, you, you don't know mine you, is a little the more universe tricky works in mysterious ways but like can you even imagine that what your jewels look like inside of you like mine are emerald not emeralds they're um sapphires like i immediately saw i was blue thinking blue too and like pearls maybe even like just these things that are buried within us and I just like that she distinguishes that everybody has them yeah so the okay so this is a book where she believes like everybody has the capability to tap into their creative side yes whereas the last book that we reviewed was like you yeah you're super (laughs) average you're not special everyone dies okay yeah and so this this first part about courage is kind of like accepting that you have jewels within you okay and creative living is this life that's driven more by curiosity than by fear. I love that. I do. I do believe because it's funny. Everybody talks about like fear and bravery. And Mm -hmm. those always seem to be the things that go hand in hand. But I don't believe that bravery is the opposite of fear. I think curiosity is the opposite of fear. Well, and you know, that's what I love with my therapist. Whenever a feeling would come up and I would immediately want to double down or as he called it in um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he called it... um, what did he call oh, it? Oh, the, the feedback loop from the hell. The feedback loop from hell. Right. <laughs> she would just say, well, instead of shaming ourselves for feeling shame or getting angry that we're feeling angry, yes. could we just stay curious about it? Which is something you said to me. We were, we were at lunch a yes. few days ago, and I was lamenting that there's something I've always wanted to try, and I've never really dived into it and really judging myself for that. Because if I want to try it so bad, then maybe that means I don't want it bad enough, or maybe I'm doing it the wrong way, or I'm worse, I'm wasting my life away just being scared about this thing. I mean, the spiral. That you've just achieved. I know is it's really astounding. I think everybody can relate to that mm-hmm, at some mm-hmm. point or another. And you just looked at me and you were like, hmm, instead of feeling bad about it, can you just get curious about it? <laughs> and I loved it so much. And I went home and I told my boyfriend about it, and he went, Holy shit, I love that. And I was like, amazing. I was like, that's Lisa. Perfect. Well, it's not even me, it's my therapist. Yes, I would like her number. Great. I don't Great. see her anymore because I don't live in that state. Oh, I would still like her number. Okay, I'll give it to you. Great. Um <clears throat> so uh and she's basically saying, look, your curiosity is much more exciting and unique and unique than your fear. It is, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that just made my stomach do a flip flop. Ooh, it, no, it is though, right? Because it's like yeah. fear is so boring Everybody and it's has so fear. useless. Everybody has it's fear. It's there all the time. You're and average. Fear is average. Fear is average. I'm a basic bitch of fear. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Hashtag basic bitch of fear. That's true. Um, and I, and I've heard, you know, of course, it's all about like you can't get rid of the fear. It's all you can't necessarily get rid of the fear or conquer mm-hmm. the fear. It's mm-hmm. all about taking a step forward with the monkey of fear on your back. Yes. But even that to me is so boring. Like I'm so over like living my life with, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I would much rather, you're so right. Curiosity is just wildly more interesting. Well, it is. It, it, Elizabeth Gilbert is right. And also I think that she makes sets up this beautiful paradox that to be creative, you have to just kind of create a space where fear and creativity coexist. You cannot have one without the other. Interesting. It's right? like the precipice. It's it's like uh, my voice teacher, Matt Beisner, always says, it's the cusp of the unknown. Mm-hmm. That feels like the precipice yes. where curiosity and fear and you don't know what's coming yes. and you're embracing it all standing on the cusp of the unknown. Yes. So tolerating, like we talked about tolerating ambiguity yeah. means to be curious about what might come and also acknowledge that it feels uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we just acknowledge it feels uncomfortable, we we will leave and back away. And if we're only curious about what might come, we won't we'll we'll keep looking for answers and trying different things versus just standing in that moment. So you need them both. You do. You do That's need them really both. That's really interesting. Yeah, and I just said she states it so plainly and really lays it out. It's very comforting like the naming of fear in such a matter-of-fact way. Like you're not unique to be afraid of trying something creative. Right. <clears throat> and just make space for both. And I that was one of the when I was in therapy like one of the first big like mind-blowing things was that Oh, you can have two emotions at the same time. I am so glad you said that. I have to speak to this. So I used to think a person could be happy or they could be sad. Yes. And I, you know, I don't mean to bring this up every podcast, even though this is only episode two. So, you know, <laughs> bringing this up every podcast. But after my dad suddenly passed away, yeah. I realized that was that my mind was blown also. that you were you probably could feeling a million bo- things. Well, you could hold both things at the same time. So even even as I was incorporating grief into my life, mm-hmm. and now it's been six years almost mm-hmm. since that happened, I, I realized like, oh, I can be so happy about the things that are going on in my life and have a great day. I could be, you know, on the top of a roller coaster feeling free and happy and still be incredibly yeah. sad at the same time or vice versa. I could be incredibly sad and so fucking thrilled with the way my life is going. Yeah. Right. It's this duality yeah. that I never knew existed. And so this is really resonating. That's my point. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you feel that way. I feel that way, too. It was such a I think we're the way the way that we are typically introduced to emotions in this country is such a rudimentary, basic. You are happy. You are sad. You are, you know, lonely. You are whatever. Right. And we don't. There's know. no emotional intelligence training. No. I mean, look at like in German, the word Schadenfreude. You know what I mean? Like right. they put emotions together to make you know, I feel joy at the misery of others, right? Like, right. It's, it's, don't we, just we all, it. we do, I'm but you, like, <laughs> I'm just saying that I feel like we, our language is, the English language is kind of limited and that, you know, bittersweet. We have, we don't have many words that com- right. combine multiple emotions together. Absolutely. And I think we're never taught as kids, at least I in the public school system was not taught emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my sister's a teacher at a specialized school and they talk to their kids. They're, they're, kids are so much more emotionally intelligent Mm -hmm. and autonomous than anybody was when we were that same age in public school in my school yeah and so it now we're all paying like thousands of dollars in therapy sessions to get this emotional intelligence education yeah Yeah, but anyway Um, it's amazing i love it okay so that's courage Courage. The next section is called enchantment which kind of matches this cover bring on the mermaids um 
And I said, this is the more woo-woo part of the book. Okay. All right. She says that she believes creativity is a force of enchantment, and it's not entirely human in its origins. Okay. So, you know, well, how did How did you X-files. feel when you read that? You know, if you've seen her TED Talk where she talks about having a, having a genius versus being a genius, it makes oh. a lot of sense. Oh, God, um, I have to watch this TED Talk. They're so beautiful. She has a couple. But basically, she's kind of trying to de- um, the uh, this is not the stigmatize right word. yes or just kind of change change the, the construct and the paradigm about the the starving artist or the the artist who oh, has right. to be drunk the artist yes. who has to do drugs that no you can be creative and artistic and, and healthy and healthy right and that it's if you if you if, if you know, it used to be that um, I think in like you know ancient Greek, it was having a muse. This muse existed outside of me, right? And I would hope that it would come and visit me. And when it didn't visit me, it wasn't my fault. Uh huh. And now it's I having a genius versus being a genius. If I am a genius and I do not create something that is worthy, then I am at fault, right? Right. So inst- so it's it's somewhere it shifted into this that the artist is responsible for everything, and it's so much easier to just feel like. Oh, my muse isn't visiting me today. I'm a vessel. And if yeah. nobody's sending a message through this vessel, yeah. Yeah. then that's okay. I mean, she does say, like, you don't just get to sit around. Like, you need to yeah, show yeah, yeah. up for your muse. Right. And say, hey, I'm open for business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This reminds me really quickly. And this is, I won't talk a ton about this because I actually hope to cover this book. But there is this incredible book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, all about exactly what you just, <laughs> I think you've read it too, I right? I hate it. You hate I it. I hated it. Hilarious. We will definitely do it on the we podcast. Will. But, um, um, she talks about how when we yes. believe we are great at something yes. or it's an innate skill, then anytime we fail at it, we think we are terrible. That's right. As opposed to thinking the skills outside of us, it's exactly that's the same not thing. why I hated it. But yes, we'll sure. talk about that. Great, okay, great, great. Um, <clears throat> so here's the thing that's a little woo woo. She feels like ideas are things looking for human collaborators. Yes, I remember this. So ideas exist outside of us. They don't come from within us. They're like a muse. They search out the universe looking for a human partner to help them be born into existence. And when you say no, they go to another door. Or when you say yes, they work with you to bring the idea into fruition, but you make a contract with them. You're like, yes, I am going to work to bring you into existence. And then if you kind of like put it to the wayside because like – you know, your favorite series is now on Netflix and it's mm-hmm. a new episode and you want to watch all. Oh, I know, you know. that. Um, it'll go and work with someone else because its job is to come into being. So does your lawyer notarize the contract? <laughs> no. or It's you. You make a contract with this thing. And if you think about it like an outside thing, it's a very different approach, right? It is. I'm babysitting this thing that's come to me and I agree to work with it. And I, I know that I if need I to don't, take care of it. If I don't take care of it, it'll go to somebody else. So I'm going to reference another book mm-hmm. that I'm also reading right now. It is called, it's all about psychedelics and their effect on the mind. Yeah. Um, I know. And it's it's by Michael Pollan. It's called How to Change Your Mind. There's a tagline the I'm not wrote, remembering. Like, the food, all the food books, right? I have no idea. Okay. I'm embarrassed that I don't know. No, but I could be wrong. You can Google it. Don't quote us on it. Um, even though we're literally recording this audio <laughs> to live forever. Uh, we could pause and look it right? up. Not gonna. So he he talked to a ton of people, a ton of psychedelic researchers mm-hmm. and scientists, mm-hmm. etc. It is this assumption in science that consciousness 
comes from within. It's something that our mind creates and I've that kind of thing, this. right? But it sounds like what Elizabeth Gilbert is saying also aligns with what a lot of these psychedelic researchers believe, which is that consciousness is something that is outside of us. Uh-huh. And that's something we I, and we learn to identify consciousness by something like yeah. that. And you know what? I could be getting it asked backwards, but I'm pretty sure I, it's no, I that. Think I've, I've also heard, I think on Radio Lab, that emotions are outside of us. What? Like that we learn to identify. For, uh, yeah. It's like a stimuli that produces the response kind it's of a, a Yeah. Thing? So it's outside in versus inside out. That Yeah. That I mean, scientifically, that makes sense to me. But um, yeah, but it's this this thing where it's like, oh, well, if you do believe that, because everybody in science kind of assumes that to be true, but it is not proven scientific fact. I mean, that's I what's say, important to note. It makes perfect sense. The coming from a very white male background of science of course it comes from within me why didn't i create it sorry right. i really let my week my last week show i want <laughs> i want everyone to know that as lisa was saying that she's like in a very sassy way like ripped off her glasses <laughs> and was like excuse me like you know shit's getting real when the glasses come off I, that's true <laughs> um okay so here's the thing that i also found really interesting too yes um, and she in the book i i won't spoil it for you because i i i love this book I do. She gives a concrete example of how she had uh, an idea yes. and that she didn't babysit it and then it went to someone else. Yes. And she's like has what she would call tangible proof of that, which uh, was fascinating. A hundred percent. And what I love about that example also without giving spoilers is that when you hear and I by the way, I don't know if you know this. I studied science in college. I was excuse me? I was pre-med. You were so, STEM. Yeah, yes. Yes, it was. You were a STEM. I was a STEM. Um, Although I just could never quite get the hang of physics, but that's okay. So did all the like organic chemistry with labs and the biology and the genetics. And so I come from this super like scientific concrete background. But when you hear the story she tells you and the exact parallels, so it's about an idea for a book she had, right? When you hear about that specific it, it makes me go, how could that not be it true? It makes me go, well, of course she believes this. Yeah, well, why would you not? Because how how could you ever have that? What are the statistical odds yeah. of that happening? Well, and she also talks about multiple discovery, which is the phenomena when two or more scientists in different parts of the world come up with the same idea at the same time or around the same time. Wow. This is like calculus oxygen, black holes, Mobius strip, stratosphere. They all have multiple Thank discoveries. God someone came up with oxygen okay. because well, they may- <laughs> we'd all be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I think it would still exist. Um, so uh, like for me, I know my genius visits me when I'm waking. That's when I get all of my ideas. Oh, that's when the juju strongest. I'm in between sleep and wake. And I mm. think ideas, I think movies I think shows I I figure out premises a lot of that comes to me then do you do morning pages I don't okay um, if for those of you listening who don't know what morning pages are, I th- I believe it was pioneered by Julia Cameron in I the mean, artist writing way. In the morning is not like she did not pioneer, but the, no, no, no. The, but she basically has you morning do pages. morning pages were just for three pages. You do a brain dump. You right when you wake up, you just write down. Anything and everything that comes to mind, even if it's fuck you, morning pages, fuck you. You know what I mean? And it's basically uh, a free write for yeah. three full pages. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really great way if that's something you're interested in and like freeing up those juices. And maybe we will do the artist way at some point. Um, but yeah, it's a really great way to just like get the juju flowing in the morning and get kind of the chaos out of your mind. Yeah. So I don't do morning pages because my muse, um, 
when I wake up, if it's something I need to write down, I'm just writing down that. Right. Like he or she or it, they have come and kind of planted this idea in my mind. And if I start writing morning pages, I can get distracted. Sure. So for me, I use a free write later in the day before I write or something like that. But for me, um, I just know, and I know if I start to wake up, I try not to wake up. Try to be in that sort of like half sleepy Because I know that's when she comes to talk to me. How often does that happen to you? Oh, at least three or four times a week. Really? Yeah. Because and do you I've just learned... keep a journal by your bedside? Yeah, I do. Or my phone. I just put it in my phone if it's an idea. Oh, yeah. Also, sometimes the idea is, I mean, I love her, but not great. Or, oh, one time I woke up to a note from myself cool. that I typed at three in the morning. It was back when I was living in Brooklyn. And I woke up and it said, uh, the signs of a good radio show Bob Barker is into it. There you go. That's literally You're all it said. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night like, I have to get this down. Thank you. And then I woke up the next morning and was like, what is happening? That's amazing. No, I, <laughs> I, I have kind of trained myself to stay in that light sleep wake, which Too is cool. kind of fun just to cool. kind of listen to her. That's great. Okay. So that's enchantment. And that is the woo-woo. And um, ideas are outside of us. They come to play and we can say yes or no. Here's a really cool story. Yes. So, and I called my mom today to verify that this was the story because I remembered it and she remembered it too. So when I was little, maybe like four, my mom and I are driving around town as you do. Anyway, we're in the car and a new <laughs> building had gone up and <clears throat> I asked if God made buildings. And my mom said, well, you know, yes, in a way, like people uh, put up the buildings and people drop the plans and have the ideas for the building. So maybe put God, maybe God put the ideas in the people's minds. Mm-hmm. And she says that in all seriousness, I turn to her and with all confidence, I say, oh, no, mama, our ideas are our gifts to God. And she was like, well, Okay. Oh my God. But and I, then your head started spinning 360 degrees and I, around. <laughs> like just spit pea soup everywhere. No, but she was like, You were so confident that God didn't give us ideas that like we gave them. And I, wow. I love that story because that's kind of like what, what she's saying. Right. Like that this idea comes to you and you work with this idea and then you offer that up to the world and the universe. I love that. And I, I do believe that kids, because they haven't learned to be afraid or mm-hmm. judging or, or you know, fearful or insecure yet, I do believe they're more receptive to whatever's hap- whatever you believe in, whether it's <laughs> like, you know, the Christian God or a different God yeah, yeah. or like spirituality or just vibes, yeah. you know, or if you're a scientist kid, you know, just like energetic yeah. frequencies. She then went on to tell me about how once I got healed by Oral Roberts on the TV and I was like, well, what? that one I don't believe. She's like, it also equally happens. So I don't know how you, you were sick and then you were not sick. So. I love that you were this like wise woman in this four-year-old's body. I mean, Amazing. always. Um, okay. So that's enchantment, Great. right? These these ideas live outside of ourselves. We have to be courageous. We have to make live with the fear. Curiosity is stronger than fear. Mm-hmm. And then we have to trust that these ideas will come to us if we make space for them. It's groovy. Yeah. Then we move on to permission. And this part I liked the most. Great. Okay. You don't need anybody's permission to live a creative life. That's right. You don't need anybody's permission. She said, art is older than farming. We have artifacts of art that are dated older than artifacts for farm instruments. Oh my God. So she's like basically saying to call someone a creative person is redundant 
because being creative is a hallmark of our species. Oh my God, that's so fucking cool. Isn't that nice? That my jaw, I mean, uh, nobody else but you can see my face, but my jaw just dropped. I love that so much. And also, I hate when people say ATM machine or PIN number. It's like, dude, that's your personal identification number, number. Or it's an automatic teller machine, machine. Like that doesn't, let's just call it people, creative, <laughs> ATM, PIN. I love you. Let's all get on the same page. So basically she says, write down, like, on a, I don't care if it's on the back of a dry cleaner's check, write down the permission that you need. Give yourself a permission slip. You are so fancy. I don't get anything dry cleaned. Well, that's what she said. I purposely don't buy dry cleans. I was like, damn. I go to my dry cleaner's once a year for yeah. the for my down comforter and they're yes. like I guess we'll see you in two months when you remember that this is here <laughs> two months six months and I was like bye I um, also need my clothes to not cost me extra money after I buy them okay. do you know what I mean I do. I do like dry clean only things a lot but I'm just not there in my life yet well I hate what it does to the environment oh is it bad I don't know because I don't get things dry cleaned okay <laughs> okay, so sorry. Give okay. yourself a permission slip. So I want to so do an exercise cool. right now. <gasps> Misty. Ready. Yeah, basically you have to like name it and proclaim it, okay? So like I am an actor. I am a writer. Misty, what are you going to claim and proclaim for the universe? I'm a writer and I'm an actor. Yes, right? And she's like, you don't just get to say it once and then it happens. No, we have to do that work like every day every the day. rest of our life. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I keep hitting my mic because I'm so animated. Yes. I'm very excited about just this. Put it in your mouth. You we'll hear you better. Thank you. No. no, she's like, you can't just say it once and expect miracles. You right. have to give yourself permission to do this every day because it isn't easy. Oh, my God. Can I share with you the coolest, that is, uh, the coolest thing that yes. I ever heard? Yes. So I went to... Like an hour long, God, this is going to make me sound so woo woo, uh, which is not a problem. It's just not very accurate. But uh, I went to like an hour long sound bath meditation. Did you go to the one in Eagle Rock? No, that is way too far away from Culver City where I live. Thank you. Um, But that sounds cool. But honestly, I learned that that's too long of a meditation for me. And I'm bored (laughs) and I thought the music would be more interesting. Um, But I got to take you to Eagle Rock. Absolutely. The coolest thing about that experience for me was when the man leading the meditation Mm -hmm. said, listen, we he said, I can't remember if he said the universe is speaking to you all the time, but basically the universe and the messages and et cetera are always speaking to you. You just aren't always tuned into the frequency to hear them. So, for example, he was like, think about an AM or an FM radio. Yes. You will not hear anything if it's turned off. Mm-hmm. If it's turned on, but it's tuned to the wrong frequency, you'll mm-hmm. only hear static, et cetera. Mm-hmm. He goes, those waves do not appear when you turn the dial to the right setting. Mm-hmm. The waves are literally always in the mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. Those sound waves, you lit, but you cannot hear them unless you are willing to receive and on the right frequency. Or have an and, antenna. And or have an antenna <laughs> and you put metal into your skull. Thank you. So, but that, that for me was one of the most profound things mm-hmm. where I was going, oh my God. God, he's right. Yes. Like these things physically with physics and science, we know that there's energy all around us, sound waves, radio waves, everything. Yeah. We're just not always aware of it. There's so much we don't know that's invisible to the naked eye. Well, yeah. And we, I mean, human beings are so egocentric that we assume that the way that we see the world is how it is. Right. When we only see a small band 
bandwidth of colors and the range of colors that are out there in the universe. We can't see UV rays and they give us cancer people. Wear your sunscreen. So like the fact, we, I mean, it's fair. We only know what we see through our own lens, but we can be much more open to the possibility that things exist that we cannot see in touch. We have proof that things exist that we cannot see in touch. Like a quark. We didn't, germ theory wasn't even around to like 100, 200 years, something like that. And it's like, come on guys. Listen to that stem. Um, <laughs> so, so here's the other thing, right? Like, pure creativity is unnecessary. Okay. Pure creativity is unnecessary. Like, Why? on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, nowhere is it like an expression of my inner joy. I, w- I would disagree, though. I, I mean, for me personally, I literally feel like I will explode if a few days go by. I'm not, ki- I'm not kidding. So, Listen, if I your gift for if- hyperbole is delightful, you will I not will- literally explode. You, you will know. not literally you explode. You don't know. You me. need you you need food. I will figuratively water, explode. Right. Well, that according to him, but I to yes, to technically survive, yes. Pure creativity is unnecessary. I I mean, to yes, survive. I, it's not. To survive, yeah, I guess so. Right. But don't you think you would die earlier if you never created anything? Yeah, but she's not saying for a long life. She's saying to survive. It's okay. not like if you were stuck on an island, you could choose Two of water, three things, water, food, food or and creativity. easel. Right. You know I mean? like, you don't but need that. could you that. turn the easel into a bucket with which to fetch water? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. She, so, right. so when she says that, like, it's, it's, it's meant to release you. Okay. Because it's, most of our art isn't saving the world. Like you and don't thank God. need it. Yes, it's it's meaningless and meaningful. Again, this paradox, right? right. Like fear and 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 curiosity. Mm-hmm. It's meaningless and meaningful, and you have to make space for this paradox. Yeah. So, like recognizing, like I don't need this creativity to live. It's something that I choose, and I and I commit to is is a beautiful thing. Right. You don't have to do it. That's right. So it's your choice. That's right. Okay. So, um, and and it's a choice because it's a more exciting and and fun-filled life, right? Yes, yeah, enhancing. Um, So that's the permission that you give yourself. Because I think a lot of times people put that, like, I won't do something because I won't be good at it. Well, you won't be good at it. You're Nobody's not going to change good at the anything world. the first time. Look at babies; they're bad at everything. And most art isn't saving the world. She's like, if unless you're a documentary filmmaker in Rwanda yeah. who's helping educate the world about genocide, you're probably not saving a life with your art. Well, and here's here's my question for you: Do you feel like art has to have a purpose to be meaningful or worthwhile? I don't think so. Because, like, look at a toddler. Who makes yeah. art? But I mean, for you specifically, for like when you sit down, because I know I I and this for is me, an interesting it, question because we're we are in the entertainment industry, and yeah. so everything is like we'll have an idea and go, can I sell that? Yeah, would someone buy this? Yeah. Is this something someone's interested in watching, seeing, reading, listening to, whatever? Well, it's so interesting because I'm in this class right now, and we're talking about how to make it meaningful for me and meaningful for others. Yes, the yeah. writing class. Yeah, yeah. So, um. I do feel like for me, it has to be meaningful because I'm not interested in making like poop joke comedy. Mm-hmm. That's not, I mean, I do love a good poop bit. It's always funny. But I, that's not my personal brand. I'm more of a satirist. So my goal is to make people think about and how to change the world. Absolutely. I also don't judge other people who love to make poop bits. Yeah. It's not my flavor of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but and maybe flavor was the wrong word to use there. <laughs> it's not my brand of comedy, but it's um, your preferred shit sandwich, which is also I mean? a reference to the last episode. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's meaningful and meaningless. Yes. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I 
had really been craving. I when I first moved out here, I've been in LA for about eight years. And when I first moved out here, I it was just work, 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 yeah. work. There was nothing left inside of me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I was working from like nine AM to seven or eight PM mm-hmm. and then answering emails on weekends and evenings and whatever. Finally, just like three and a half years ago, I'd always wanted to paint. I just thought it would feel good to put paint on canvas. Your music like a was talking paint. to you. Yeah, but there was a ton of fear around it because I don't know how to paint. I sure. literally never took an art class. Yeah. No, no drawing, no sketching, nothing. Yeah. And so I went to a Blick Art Materials Hala mm-hmm. and there was a sale and I was like, cool, I'm going to pick up a couple canvases mm-hmm. and just some basic colors, mm-hmm. cheap brushes, little mm-hmm. plastic palette. Mm-hmm. And then it still took me a long time because I literally didn't know where to begin. Yes. I didn't know what I wanted to paint, how to paint something, how to mix colors. I didn't know. And one night I just put on uh, a Lou Reed record, poured myself a glass of red wine. As we do. And I just was like, you know what's fun? A circle. What's a circle? Mm -hmm. A donut. They're not perfect circles at all. And I started painting these donuts with this hot pink frosting and these little like squiggly sprinkles. And it just felt so good. And like hours would pass. Yes. And I just had this little silly insignificant donut but it felt so good meaningful it was meaningful and meaningless and meaningless exactly nobody was like i have to talk to you about your donut painting right it changed my life right and then the second the second that i did it suddenly i was like cool i'm not afraid to paint anything and just get weird because also if art is supposed to be meaning meaningful to other people that puts too much pressure on it no and and literally oh here's the other thing Mm -hmm. i hung it over my desk at work just a little like six inch by five inch little donut Mm -hmm. and people would come up to me a few people said where did you get that donut i love that donut and i said oh well i painted it they said well can you paint me one i'll pay you for it so i sat down and i painted like six or seven of these donuts and suddenly I was trying to be perfect and trying to be commercial and make them look good and make them look even. And if you put up even the second donut that I did like a week after the first looked totally different and polished than the first one. And it had lost its raw thing. And I wasn't even aware that that was a cool gift I was giving myself of literally didn't think I'd ever show it to anyone. And so it was the best fucking donut that I painted. That's amazing. I love that. That was really interesting. I love that. And also now I want donuts. Um, Okay. So after uh, courage and enchantment and permission comes persistence. Sure. Right? Uh, I bet. And she says, practice makes better, not perfect. And here's where we get into process. She's like, learn your own process. And I love that because, as you know, I hate anybody telling me what to do. Yes, I can see it in your eyes, in the fiery <laughs> flames that are there. But also, there's never a one-size-fits-all no. process. And if anybody, I just feel like, not to, I'm going to stand on my soapbox for just a second. If anybody is telling you this is the only way a script can be written. Bye. This is the only way you can get into an acting Bye. mood. Yeah. Or this is the only way you can sell used cars at a dealership. Whatever it is, yeah. they're wrong. Yeah. there's all, It's not formulaic. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, too creativity comes in many forms. She's like, uh, you know, I have a friend who's in her forties and gets up every morning at five to go to an ice skating rink and figure skate. You know, she's like, is she going to go to the Olympics? No. She's like, I wanted to tend to a garden, you know, that's creativity. It's just some expression that you're answering a call. Mm -hmm. This idea has come to you and you're answering this call, right? So it's, yeah, you're creating. It doesn't have to be a film, a script. Uh, it doesn't have to be tangible. No, exactly. Right. Um, you could just sing, right? Oh God, I love um, that. So, 
and and I love her because she's like, have a day job. Don't put the pressure on your creative life to support your entire existence. That Just is like your donuts. A hundred percent. And that's something that I think is so freeing. And uh, most of my friends are in the entertainment industry and so much of their struggle and angst and anxiety comes from, but how much longer can I keep doing? doing this and pay my rent or I haven't sold a script in XYZ months Mm -hmm. and it's not and and it just doesn't create for this conducive environment to actually make something of value yeah because you kind of have to not give a fuck yeah to produce things that are meaningful and personal and resonant if you're just trying to if you're thinking about how it's going to make money you can smell that from a mile away, I think. Misty, if I asked you, mm-hmm. what do you, when people say, I want to do this thing, but what do you think they fill in the blank with most often? Oh, yeah. No funds. Great. What right? else? Like just so your average Joe who's got a nine to five and they're like, you no know, time. I've, yes. I think it's no, no time. time no I think people always say I don't have time. Yeah. So she had this suggestion, which made me lose my mind. She <laughs> said, have an affair with your hobby. Um, and have an affair with your creativity, you'll suddenly make time. She's like, you know, if you are keep it on the secret and keep it on the down low, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I can't go to that because I'm 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 meeting, I have a thing, and you keep it secret, you will make time for it. Oh my god, I love secrets, right? I know I love it so much, and this idea of like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't come to your like birthday drinks mm-hmm. because when there's going to be fifty people there anyway, mm-hmm. and no one cares, and the mm-hmm. birthday person's very drunk anyway, yeah. And you go see a movie by yourself, yeah. It's like the mo- it's so it's much secret. more fun. It's, it's delicious. Yeah, I mean, people who are married with kids still find time to have affairs with full time yes, jobs. They do. So she's like, Don't you'll they? sneak off in the middle of the day and you'll find time to work with your creativity. Right. And I was like, I love that idea. Make it secret and make it like special. Oh, it's just sneaky and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was like, this part I was like, Meh. she was like, present yourself, present yourself to your creativity as if you're sexy, like dress up for it. She's like, when I'm having trouble writing, I know your furrowed brow is exactly how I felt. She was like, when I'm having trouble writing, I'm like, well, why would my creativity come and visit me? Look at me. I take the scrunchie out of my hair. I get showered. I put on nice clothes. I put on lipstick, you know, like mm-hmm. I clean my house. I think it's more of making yourself feel better, you know, like sure. cleaning out all of the, the way that you sit when you're unhappy, you know? Yeah. I think it's more of just kind of Making yourself feel good. Yeah. Or whatever you need to do to make yourself feel receptive, yes, right? So yes, this reminds exactly. me. This, and of course, it's not one size fits all. This reminds me of, I read once that Cosmopolitan Magazine makes all of their cover girls wear super high heels, like stiletto sort of six inch heels. You never see the heels. You only see their face and maybe their shoulders, right? It's all these like extreme close-ups. They're all wearing these super high heels because it makes them feel more fierce no matter what. And it's going to show in their face. So that reminds me of that. But also I... With my creativity, it's also pretty morning-based. If I get distracted with other stuff, I'm kind of draining the energy. But for me, if I am barefoot and I have no bra on and I I have a pot of tea close by, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like my comfort thing or what, but the barefoot just makes me feel like I'm like grounded and I'm loose. I don't feel constrained. I'm usually in baggy clothing or sweats. That's when I can literally pace around my house putting cards for a script on the wall or like you know what I mean it just flows better I don't know that I'd do that if I was in like tight like 
high rise pants and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that part, but I I get the merits. I I do get the merits. I I just uh, getting, I also think getting out of your normal routine Mm -hmm. is a way to shake things up in your brain. Sure. Of course. Yeah. 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 Um, And I also, she did say this, like, it's okay not to be Play-Doh. She said that Marcus Arialis, is that a, uh, it was like a, he was a philosopher and he had to remind himself that it's okay not to be Play-Doh. She was like, if that famous person can do it, I can remind myself. Oh my God, poor guy. And let us all never forget, there's only one Beyonce. Okay. You know, and God bless her. And again, like, it's okay not to be Michael Phelps. It's okay not to be number one. It's okay not to be number one. It's okay not to be the most prolific yeah. or the most, uh, you know, influential. There's um, still value, even if you're not someone. <laughs> my trainer for your Reggie art. always said when I would show up sometimes, and I would be like, "I'm really tired today." He would never get mad at me. He would go, "Every day can't be Christmas," and I would get so happy that he would say that <laughs> because I would walk in being like, "He's gonna be so mad that I'm like, I you know, and I'm." But he was just glad that I was there. Well, and those are the days that really make the difference. I yeah. think is when you don't feel like doing this, yeah, and you do it anyway. That's what makes the difference. Exactly. Um, she likens the, a creative mind to having a dog for a pet. Like, give it a job, or you might not like the job it finds. And I like I. So she's like, if you don't, so if you have this creative outlet, if you have this creative mind and it needs an outlet, give it an outlet. Or okay. and I feel like from the from the artist's way, it becomes a frustrated artist. Sure. This sounds like when I know I have an idea I want to work on, but there's fear there or hesitation for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so I deep clean my house from top to bottom. Oh, sure. Manically in one day, Mm -hmm. even if I did it yesterday. My house is never cleaner than when I'm on deadline. A hundred percent. There's never more food prepped in the (laughs) fridge. Thank you. Once I cleaned my vacuum. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. felt really good. I have to do that because I have a Roomba and uh, you got to clean those like pretty often. And yeah. it's like, I will make sure it is brand new. Oh, no. I pulled it apart. In That's the... when you know there's real fear there. There was real fear. Um, done is better than good. And this is true. There's this wonderful study. Um, they, uh, this professor of clay pots what do you call that oh yes no the doctorate in clay pots yes pottery pottery yeah. but you know what i mean i don't yeah. know what they call their medium is clay yes he um, ceramics ceramics right there was a ceramics professor he divided the class down the middle on the first day <gasps> oh yeah and he was like this half of the room you're going to be graded on volume mm-hmm. this half of the room you're going to be graded on um one piece quality quality right so one side is quantity one side is quality and so um they found at the end that the half of the room that was graded on quantity ended up overall having better quality i love that and the room the half the room that was graded on quality kind of fucked themselves out of practice because they sat around thinking and worrying about what would be the best piece and they actually made less work right and redoing the same thing over and over or or just like it's stuttered them from starting so done is better than good right it makes sense to have more practice you need more practice to get better at something you need to practice well and also good is so subjective Mm -hmm. and i think we're all our worst critic i think women especially are hard on ourselves Uh and i think our judgment of what's good is totally different than someone else's judgment of what's incredible. You know what I mean? I agree. And she's like, look, the creative goddess of success may not show up for you. So don't count on her. 
Right. And you might craft. you might make a really shitty teacup today and like the world's best planter tomorrow. We <laughs> don't know. Persistent. I love she even says like she wrote vows when she was little to herself about being a writer. And she didn't include that she was going to be like the best writer or that she would be successful. It was just that she would write because she knew she wanted to be a writer. What is up with this like very wise sage that I is know. Elizabeth Gilbert? Okay, two last sections and the last one. Doesn't even count. After persistence, right? You're so now you've you've had the courage, um, and you've given yourself over to the, these these enchantment that these ideas right, and will your come permission to you, slip. Right? You've given yourself permission, and you keep saying permission. You're persistent. You keep working at it. Keep working at it. Then comes trust. Oh, then comes um, trust that you don't have to suffer for your art. You don't have to be a suffering artist. You don't have to be a heroin addict. You don't have to be a drunk. You don't have to be like, I'm I'm afraid if I give up, you know, um, my better angels will leave. And in, in, in addition, my demons, I forget who said it, it was like, um, um, it was Dan Brown, angels and demons. There we go. Book. But here's the thing. She asks. she talks about this question and this, this really shifted for me. So, um, Misty. Yes. Um, do you, do you love writing? Yeah. Does it love you? Sometimes. So here's the thing. Why do we pour out our life and give all this like persistence and give ourselves permission and allow for these things to come if for a thing that doesn't love us? So I think her whole point is let it love you. Yeah. Change the way that we talk well, about it's, it. It's funny because the second you asked me that question, I, I was measuring it against the value of, does it get me the meetings I want? Yes. Does it get me the money that I want? Yes. Does it? But, but when I sit here and think about it, when I'm in flow, right? And I'm just, it's such a fun puzzle to solve. It does it's love such, you. And I think it does, like, if we're talking like I I had a totally different job and was making great money and just doing it as a hobby, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. Yes. Yeah. What is a, another creative outlet that you have? Um, I love to sing. Does, does singing love you? Oh, yeah. Look I, at how quickly you said no, that. No, for sure. Because, and I was thinking about this earlier when I lived in New York. So- I lived in New York for like six months for a job once. And in Los Angeles, we're in our car all the time. There's a ton of opportunity to sing in your car, the shower, what have you. And in New York, I was living with a bunch of roommates. I uh, was on public transportation all the time. I was all other people were always around. Yeah. And there were times where I wouldn't, I just come home and just sing sometimes, you know, at the top of my lungs, just got to get it out, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that urge is, but it is, it's literally, if I don't sing for a few days, I will feel not sick, but very off balance. Yeah. And in New York, I remember I couldn't sing very much because people were always around me. I mean, you could, you would just have to endure the stairs. Totally. And I'm not saying I'm a good singer or a bad singer or whatever. You know what I mean? Very middle of the road. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, I always, the second I sing, there's just joy. And then my, my voice teacher, Matt Beisner, always, I, I might muddle this quote, but it's something like, singing is what we do when words no longer suffice. Yes, I right? love that. So yeah, so without hesitation, and that's something that I do not do for any kind of monetary gain, professional anything. It's just something I like to do. So I was thinking, because I'm an actor, and it's so easy to feel like this profession do not like me. Sure. But sure. I was thinking, gosh, what, how different would my life be if I felt like, oh, acting loves me. It loves Interesting. me. Interesting. What it was it like me. to think that for the first time? It felt really like 
relieving and just right. kind of like, oh, when I am acting, it loves me. I'm not perfect at it. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of work to do, but it loves that I work at it. It loves that I show up for it. Right. It loves that I'm learning. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was such a different feeling. It took a lot of the preciousness out of it. Yeah. And is it, an, it it's so interesting because I feel like I can't speak for other industries, but I imagine it's the same. But here it's so easy. I think a lot of people I know are in a habit of complaining. So yep. including execs I sit down with or whatever, it's like, hey, how are you? Oh, you know, traffic and this I get morning it. getting into this. Or it's like, awful. well, no, there's a lot to do it. But if we all, we all got into this because we loved it at some point, whether yes. that's still true or not. Yes. And I feel like if everybody just sat down and went, you know, Traffic was tough this morning, but I'm really glad to be here and mm-hmm. working on a project I love as opposed to going, oh, well, I got to get these notes in before I get the director's cut mm-hmm, of this or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've got 15 meetings today and I'm not going to have time. And someone just sent a production, just sent us this monkey wrench thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wish we all could just remember, like, we get to play. We're playing. We love it. Yeah. Like, that's or so like, cool. Or like, just to tolerate what shit sandwich am I willing to eat? Yeah. Which is, she I, mentions in this book. And, and I is choose from, this. That's right. I choose this. I choose, I choose this. Um, that's so cool. Anyway, I, I, I felt like that this was telling that this was the section of the book I found least um, useful or made the least notes in, but I did love that, that moment. Great. Um, and I did like that. She also says she hates when people say, just follow your passion and you'll be fine. Cause I, I don't think that's right. It's not right. I don't think that's right. It's not right. Um, Okay. And then the last chapter, the final chapter, Eat, Pray, Love fans will love this one. It's called (laughs) Divinity. It's short and sweet. Honestly, the book could have done without it. Um, But Big Magic, it felt like Big Magic doesn't end well on trust. There needed to be something else for it to be magical. Sure, sure, Um, sure. Here's your letter to Hogwarts. Enjoy. Exactly. I'll leave that for that. But that's, that's kind of Big Magic for me. I think it's a great book for anybody. Oh, my God. Amazing. So I love this. And I, I remember really loving the book mm-hmm. when I read it. And I can see from the like, you have a really serene expression of joy on I your mean, face I feel right like now. I got stuff out of it. I feel I'm feeling that from you. Yeah. Um, so if you had to do like the 60 second elevator pitch, yeah. what would you say this book is about? So Big Magic is about finding a process Um for a lifelong process, mm-hmm. not just like a repetitive project process, but a lifelong process to bring creativity into your life and to view creativity um, as as kind of like a um, a natural element that doesn't exist outside of fear, and 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 that there are things that you can do to be more creative in your life. Cool. I don't know. I feel like I kind of botched it. I feel like you could distill it more, but we'll take another Whoa. pass. We'll take another pass. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just asked you to summarize that an entire book in one sentence. Uh, I know. I hate when people do that. And I'm always like, you. but this and this and this and semicolon and semicolon. I feel like I got it. No, you nailed it. It was mm-hmm. great. It was mm-hmm. great. Um, so did you put anything into practice from this book? I did. I did. what happened? I gave myself permission all week long. I gave myself permission for things. I would be like, um, and mostly this week was tough, but mostly I would say things like, <laughs> I give myself permission to not work on this scene tonight. Yes. And to just rest. Or I give myself permission to not know the answer to this. 
And do you feel like it's interesting because she she makes all these ideas and muses and this sort of creative energy sound like it's this very active thing. But in my experience, resting and Mm. turning your brain off Mm -hmm. and just existing and being Mm -hmm. and stillness. And that doesn't mean like you're laying in a dark room. Maybe it does. Sometimes I need to lay in a dark room with no stimuli. Sometimes it's just like turning on my favorite Netflix series. And well, but do, do you feel like that's also sometimes creativity is coming to you and saying, Take a load off. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. If you are uh, an external thing, like an external non-physical form searching for someone, are you going to feel comfortable for this person to be your partner bringing you into existence if they're running around doing 20 things Mm. at a time or if they're kind of ready and waiting and resting. So it feels like it's the equivalent of someone being like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to date that guy as soon as he gets his shit together. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to happen. That's exactly right. Totally tripped on my tongue. Uh, okay. Is there anything you totally hated about the book or anything you totally loved about the book? Um, I, uh, I loved some of her specifics. Um, to help kind of back stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then I also hated some of her specifics. <laughs> um, at the beginning, it felt like it was going to be a journey for life. Mm-hmm. And then about midway to the end, it also kind of felt like it turned into um, how to have a lifelong pursuit like if you want to be a writer or if you want to be this thing. So right. in the beginning, it felt like anybody can have create more creativity in your life. And about halfway through, it felt like this is how you're going to do it for the rest of your life. If you want to like. Like this is how to sustain. Kind of. And sure. just kind of like you should do this every day for the rest of your life. And it's like, well, what if somebody just wants to ice skate two mornings a week? Totally. And I will say this. I haven't painted in like a year and a half. And I'm perfectly content with that. Okay. And maybe I'll whip it back out this. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. It can just serve whatever outlet it serves when it needs to. Yeah. That's cool. And then uh, we like to do this this portion where it's this, as your listener, I'm your listener this mm-hmm. week, and you're mm-hmm. telling me this book. Mm-hmm. What's a challenge that you would pick for me to try mm-hmm. from this book? I want you to give yourself permission every day. I want you to name it and claim it every day. For a week mm-hmm. or how long? A week. And do I, do I, I, I'm curious about the permission slip you mentioned. Do you literally write yourself a permission slip? The permission slip is like, do you need a permission slip? She'll give you permission. This is more about like entitlement. So she's like, I recognize the word entitlement has dreadfully negative connotations, but I'd like to appropriate it here and put it to good use because you will never be able to create anything interesting out of your life if you don't believe that you're entitled to at least try. Cool. So, um, you're allowed to be here. So she's like, oh, and this is, she said, you know, uh, you have all these terrible thoughts, right? You have nasty dialogue. Who the hell do you think you are trying to be creative? You suck, all that stuff. She's like, well, you may have spent a lifetime logically and objectively responding. You're right. I do suck. Thank you. Um, uh, I'll, I'll work on that. Or mm-hmm. I don't suck. I'm amazing. Like then things that also just don't feel authentic. So can you... Just instead of defending your creativity, can you just define it? Right? Oh. So it, de- it, and she says it begins when you declare your intent. Stand up tall, say it aloud, whatever it is. And her examples are I'm a writer, I'm a singer, I'm an actor, I'm a gardener, I'm a dancer, I'm an inventor, I'm a photographer, I'm a chef, I'm a designer. So, um, or I don't know yet exactly what I am, but I'm curious to find out. So speak it and let it know you're there. So I would love for you. Every day this week, Mm. some point throughout the day, whether you're in your car or it's in the morning, to say out loud to that 
idea that's waiting for you, mm. what you are. Cool. Just proclaim it a couple yeah. times a day. State it and proclaim it. Okay. I think I can handle that. Yeah. And this reminds me, speaking of um, negative self-talk, mm-hmm. when I was a freshman in college, I was taking Psych 101. Of course. And uh, our professor had us learn to juggle. We literally had to buy juggling balls for this class. And just to jot down the thoughts the, the thoughts we have, because you drop the ball a hundred sure. times learning how to juggle. And I was shocked to discover, because a lot of times this dialogue just happens innately and mm-hmm. it's just running in our mind all the time. Mm-hmm. I was so mean to myself. Yeah. And I've gotten a little better, but I still have to keep it in check. Yeah. It's re- if you really want to learn what your true dialogue is when you're learning a new skill, Try to juggle, try something new, and just notice how many times you're like, "Oh, I'm so stupid," or "I'm not, I'm not good enough." For it's so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's very, it, it's insane. We how shouldn't be talking to anybody talk that way, exactly. especially ourselves. Exactly. Um, okay, so where can we get this book? I think it's Amazon, um, Audible, Audible, and Overdrive. You love Overdrive. I love Overdrive. I mentioned this in the last episode. It's the free library app. Um, you just hook up. You just have to have a library card from your local library. You input that information, and you can digitally check out Kindle books, audiobooks right to your phone or your device. Um, nice. Books get emailed right to my Kindle for three weeks. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Lisa, that was amazing. <gasps> Yay! Thank you did so we much. Do it? I think we did it. Oh my God. Big magic, baby. Yes. Um, and if you have listened to Big Magic or read Big Magic, we want to hear from you if anything's working for you or if anything, if you're like, yeah, no, I don't even think so. Um, yeah. or whatever self-help books you want us to read next, we want to hear from you. Yes. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, cool. Great. And then give yourself permission. And what do we always say? Life is abundant. (laughs) Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.